Mike Kissarm. Welcome to the Kiss FAQ Podcast. Thank you for giving us your time today. Nothing is into your head. I hope you don't do any damage. This is a Kiss-related podcast by the board for the board. We hope that you enjoy. Welcome to episode 171 of the KISS FAQ podcast. I'm your host, Julian Gill, admin on the KISS FAQ message board, and I'm joined today by 69th Blizzard, Ken. And as, a, as a result of there only being two of us, you can take a guess what the topic is going to be, but we've got a few things to go through first. First and foremost, um, obviously one of the very longtime members on our message board, Mr. Uh, Miss Starchild passed away this week or uh, this past week. Um, and it, it's obviously a very sad thing. She's uh, done a lot on the board. She's contributed and been a, a great member, uh, but she was fighting some health issues for quite a long time, well, all her life, but most recently, uh, you know, going back to September when she dropped off the board. So if people are wondering where she is, well, she went into hospital and, uh, and unfortunately things didn't quite work out as she had hoped. Um, so she, she passed on at the weekend. So uh, if you can spare some thoughts, prayers, or whatever you do for her and her family, obviously it's uh, a trying time for them. Uh, you know, not not completely unexpected, nonetheless, but uh, still, you know, a, a shock. And I'd like to give a shout out to all the people on the board who've been asking after her. Obviously, respecting her privacy at this time, I've not been able to share any details, and I, I still won't as a matter of respect. Uh, but she did appreciate your prayers, your thoughts, um, and did appreciate people asking after her. I was in contact with her while she was in hospital. And uh, she did appreciate it, and it was a you know an important thing for her as she uh, fought her health. So uh, thank you all for caring, very much appreciated. Next up is uh, a, a little bit easier news than that, and I, the Kiss FAQ is going to participate in the National Rock and Pod Expo again this year. Right now, all of the podcasts involved are offering perks to help raise money to fund this event. You know, whether you appear on shows or you uh, buy some swag, you don't have to be attending the event in Nashville to participate in the perks that are being offered. The the two are, you know, mutually exclusive. Obviously, we'd love to see you there and meet you. And I'm sure a lot of the other podcasts would like to meet people as well, not just those who uh, frequent the Kiss FAQ. But I just wanted to show some of the perks that the Kiss FAQ is offering this year. And straight hot off the presses is... Gene Simmons Vault Supplement Booklet. If anyone remembers that I did the Kiss and related uh, recordings focus book years ago, well, I've updated yeah. all the entries for all the material on Gene's Vault with a little bit more information than could be jam-packed into the Vault book. So for people who have the Vault who want to know a little bit more um, and see some pictures of some of the source uh, material, um, you know, it, it's in there. There's only five copies of that green cover. The green didn't quite turn out looking like the vault book. Um, so I've, I've already changed it to a red one. So there'll never be any more than five of those and two of them are already gone. So I will put the link in the page as to where you can go for more information on the Rock and Pod Expo. Next up, got a couple of copies of the special edition hardbound cover of Kiss on Tour 1998 to 2016. If you donate to the Rock and Pot Expo a certain amount, you can have one of these copies. There are very few of these. Five, I think. And these are 9x6 hardbacks with dust jackets. So, uh, going to the big boy. Ah. The yep. Atlanta Expo Edition. I lost a box of these in shipping, so I got them replaced. 
So there's three of those available. Oh. And that is the big fucker. Obviously, it's already uh, been updated for uh, Indie, but those are the last of the ones with the Vinny photo. Finally, it's uh, the a proof copy of the Crazy Nights book. Still not complete. Still not good enough to publish, uh, as there's some interviews that I want. That's got the most recent interview in it. So it's proof number two, and there's a few copies of that. So... Nashville Rock and Pod Expo. We love your support, and even if you're not interested in Perk and you want to throw us a cup of coffee's worth of donation, it will help get that event funded, pay for the venue, and help make it a reality again. Last year was really cool and uh, generated a lot of good crossover between the podcast and also I think a lot of the attendees had a great time meeting a ton of really cool musical guests. So Chris Inzak, BJ, great work last year. Let's make it great this year all right the <laughs> gathering three continues to grow for kiss cruise eight right. and you've just got to check out their page on facebook it is absolutely wicked awesome what andy and joe are putting together for that with four by fate tickets are running out real fast so i don't want to go through all the guests and details on that because there's just so much that's been added it's almost like well, it's an event unto itself. Forget the cruise for a minute. Everything that they're packing into one evening is absolutely insane. All right. So one last thing before I turn into a complete infomercial, and I, I do apologize. The Indie Expo. Two more guests have been added this week. Lita Ford, who actually yeah. was one of my very first heavy metal cassettes, Dancing on the Edge, way mm. back, um, which I only bought because of the cover. And Big John Hart. As, uh, so they're going to be in Indy. Indy is getting nuts. If you thought Atlanta was cool, or a lot of these other expos, this is really how the big boys do it. Mother's Day weekend in Indy. I will be there. I will be selling exclusive books there and uh, taping a show. So uh, mm-hmm. if you if you want to participate and come and uh, go on on the Kiss FQ podcast, see me in Indy. More than happy. Um, last two things. Special announcement coming 329 turns out to probably be a red vinyl copy of Destroyer um, is going to be released. And talking of vinyl, the Rockologists really? have announced their very limited oh, edition yeah. of Ace Frehley's Origins Volume 1 in mm-hmm. blue Starburst double vinyl. And if you've been on Facebook, they really want you to follow them on Twitter and Instagram for mm-hmm. your shot to get a copy of these. There's going to be signed copies. There's going to be random signed posters. If you think of the great work Tom Shannon and the Rockologist did for BK3, BK3. Um, yeah. it, it's exciting. So check them out on Facebook, on the Kiss My Wax page, and obviously on the Rockologist on Instagram and Twitter. All right, all so, the all those so, paid product placements are done. Yeah, the quick question on that that red or the destroyer, I didn't know it was destroyer uh, that was going to be the vinyl. Yeah, they um, they someone pointed out, I think it was Jason pointed out that uh, they had posted a uh, picture on Facebook which had like half of the back cover and you just see a little bit of the cityscape uh, off to the uh, okay. side. So it, it, interesting. You know, it could be completely different. You know, it, they, that may have been a, a complete bait and switch, but it looked like red colored vinyl for certain. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I, I don't think it's going to detract from your the value of your 1977 pie copies from the UK. Oh, which, yeah. Which are the previous red vinyl. But cool nonetheless, especially it has the yeah. uh, the, uh, the the Kiss 40 um, remastering. Sorry, I'm running, running out of steam here. 
okay. desperately need to let you talk. All right. So so what are we talking about today, Ken? It's going to be discs 6 through 11 of the Gene Simmons Vault. Ken and I are going to pick our two favorites and one least favorite track from those discs. And yeah. I, I, I would just piss Gene off if I didn't say, you can get your copy of the Gene Simmons Vault at <laughs> GeneSimmonsVault.com. Financing is available. <laughs> so exactly. I, can you talk about disc six for a minute while I uh, have a drink and a breather? Okay. Well, disc six. And I'm just trying to remember it, too, because I took these notes a while ago when we did the part one of this. Um, so this six, another 15 songs. Um, overall, it's it's a pretty good, pretty good disc. Um, I do you want me to give you my two favorite picks on here? Yeah. Right if, if, if you want to do an overview of the disc or whatever you've written down, go with your two. Well, favorites. you know. I mean, I don't know. I can do a review of the disc, but it's uh, some of the, the early stuff is on there. Um, I guess stuff we've heard before, like Love is Blind and uh, and some other ones. Um, Waiting for the Morning Light, you know, we know that one. Um, so, among others. So, so, I'll just go into my first uh, two, my two favorite ones uh, currently off the disc is or are um the first one is are you real that one i, I really like that one um i think there is a are there other are you reels on this set i can't remember now but uh that one i really like a lot i think it's just a great song um i'm not sure when it was written but i think I think it may have been. You might have that in the book, in your book you just wrote. Of course, I put it at the bottom of the bloody stack, didn't I? So where's uh, disc six? Disc six, are you real? And then the other one, uh, while you look up that, um, is uh, Love Love is Blind number one. Mm. There's a number two right after it on this disc, uh, but I like Love is Blind number one. So those are my two favorites. Yeah, so Are You Real is uh, from 2011, and that's all I'm going to say on that, because uh, you can either buy a vault and read the book. Uh, we just don't want to ruin too much for Gene and for Rhino and, and right. incur the wrath of Keith um, any further. So when I was working on stories for the uh, Kiss Monster discography page, disc six and disc five were really tough for me to do. There's so much material from Asshole on these two discs, mm -hmm. and... <laughs> Next one. There's yeah. quite a few versions of the same songs, which makes it a, a right. little bit of a tough listen. But it started to become a very listenable disc just on its own. Um, you know, even starting with Waiting for the Morning Light, which really is not one of my favorite songs ever. My favorites are, and I've got to combine them, Is It Real and Are You Real? The acoustic kind of rough demo Mm. is used as an intro into Are You Real? Again, it's uh, re-recorded in 2011 with Eric and Tommy. And I love it. I mean, it's kind of like, what was that song on, I think, a Second Sighting? Uh, Fallen Angel? No. Uh, mm. Todd's kind of singing to a ghost. Uh, in that. <laughs> I can't remember the name. Yeah, in that. So it's kind of similar in terms of its lyrics. and But it's just got a really good vibe, the song. I yeah. love it. But I love that intro section that's tacked on, so I combine those two. My, okay. se my second favorite one on there is Guilty Pleasures. Should have been on a Kiss album. Mm. 
And, I, you know, if Gene Simmons Band does an album, they should do a version of that because it is uh, very 70s British rock-ish, you know, kind of Mont the Hoopley, uh, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit of mm-hmm. Sweet. Uh, it's got a nice, you know, pump and swagger to it, which I, I just totally dig. I, I was surprised, you know, after I went through the box like eight or nine times, I kept coming back to, you know, a few songs. And yeah. that was one of them. Yeah. So those are my favorites. Cool. Wait, which is tough because uh, <laughs> beautiful's on there. Which ugh. all right? What's your least favorite? Yeah, beautiful. What I write? I just said it was good. Um, not great. Um, my, okay, the one to take off of there is uh, the last one on the disc. Actually, first love. You were my first love. It was. <laughs> it kind of. I don't know what it is. It, it's. It's kind of just drags on and it's kind of dreary, I guess. Um, so, I mean, it's okay, uh, but it's it's just, I guess, my least favorite on the whole disc for that one. Well, you're just mean. You're you're, you're just a Sophie hater, because obviously, if people haven't heard it, she did a she did uh, sing some of it on an episode of Gene Simmons' Family Jewels. Um, I think she was at the piano. God, can't remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you can actually hear a bit of the song. Um, I think Gene kind of interjects in it and kind of like works with her a little bit on singing it. But that is not my least favorite song. And this is going to seem like a total cop out. But um, <laughs> Love is Blind number two is shit. Um, mm. And and it's strictly because of the fidelity. The sound quality yeah. on that one is very much lower than everything else on the disc, so it stands out like a feature on Lemmy's face. It's 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 just <laughs> you know it, it it's it's just pretty dire i understand why it's on there and it makes sense yeah. but strictly because of um you know it's like a 4.3 on the diving cards yeah i mean yeah love is blind which is right before it on a disc is so much beautiful that's why it's one one of my favorite songs so. yeah it, you know it's it's one of those demos that we've had for decades that really sounds yeah. good on the vault, which, you know, is what it was all about for me, uh, getting, right. getting the stuff that I had, which I'd taken as far as I could and improving the quality by finding low and lower generational copies. Gene knocked it out of the park with that one. Yeah, I think so. All right, let's move on to right. disc seven, which is, again, a pretty difficult disc with some asshole songs on it. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it's, it has that, a lot of that period of time, and it's it's just... This might be my least favorite disc on the the vault. I'm gonna I'm gonna say I think it is. <laughs> um, so anyway, so having said that, uh, my favorite songs too on it. Uh, one is uh, Mirage. Mm. I think it's it's pretty good. It's di- just different. Um, uh, it's I don't know. I, I don't think I can even explain it, but it's it's a just a a nice, cool song. Um, and and had you ever heard Doro's version of that? Because that was on her 1990 oh, album. Is that right? That, yeah, that Gene produced. Oh, did think, he produced? I think you know, Tommy what? played. I probably did a long time ago, way back. Yeah. Uh, but not since then. So there you go. It was good enough to be on uh, that album. So uh, then the other one is um, the last song on the disc is never going to leave you number two. Oh, okay. I like that one. So those are the two. 
Nice. Well, I went for All You Want's A Piece of My Heart, which, uh, you, you, you know, it's really tough to kind of really? go through these tracks without out, out telling people what it is. That was Adam Mitchell wrote that song, and it's simply um, him singing Adam's song with Tommy on guitar, you know, so it's like the In Heat era um, when uh, Adam was writing with black and blue so i just again it's about vibe it's um, about the sort of material that gene does either gene does stuff that's very left field and i love it or it's right where he should be doing stuff and i love it and right where he does stuff is a pretty broad spectrum for me so that that's just one of the songs that jumps out at me the other one is never going to leave you number one so I, i guess we both like that song oh but, uh, oh, you like number one better than number two. Okay. Yeah. Uh, interesting. Y- right. You know, where where all you want's a piece of my heart is a big, dirty rocker. That's all, all it is. It's like no no IQ yeah. required to enjoy it. The other one's kind of quirky and dancey, and the, that's what makes it different for me. And that's why I liked it more than number two, because number two was like a later recording, I think, with Bruce. Um and the first one was early 80s, which had a bit more of a disco kind of unmasked feel to it. So right, right. where Paul Stanley was boogieing his Tootsie off at Studio 54, Gene Simmons was Frankensteining and doing stuff like Never Gonna Leave You Number One. So that's its quirkiness is what made me pick it. OK, well, cool. But I, I'm surprised this is this is your least favorite disc, because surprisingly, I could easily have picked Suspicious or Promised the Moon, the two rejects from Black and Blue. One was oh, okay. one was recorded and one was left off. Uh, well, I do like I did like Promise the Moon. I mean, I wrote that wrote down that I like that one, so it's one of the better ones on the disc. That's for sure. You want to know why it's one of the better ones? Why it's, it's a leftover Elder instrumental. It oh, is the riff? Okay. L- listen to that riff, then go listen to the okay. unreleased Elder stuff, and okay. In that little wow. vault booklet, it tells you more about where that riff came from. So, all right, there so let's do our least favorites on this one. Okay, my least favorite is gonna be um, it's gonna be dog. <laughs> <laughs> it's just I don't know. It's okay, but it's just it's I didn't like it really on uh, the solo album, Gene's solo album either, um, and I don't like it here. So. Oni yeah. McCartney can sing about dogs, right? Yeah, Jet, right. Or didn't he do a song, Do It in the Road, or something like... Why Don't We Do It in the Road? Yeah. yeah. That's another song. So, yeah. Something like that. that. Yeah, that's better. All right, so <laughs> my my least favorite is No Conscience. And it's it's just... Oh. It feels mm-hmm. like the most incomplete idea on this disc. And, be, and because of that, it is the weakest link. I actually like Dog, which... Kind of boggles the mind, you know. Well, well, well boggles the mind is uh, I kind of like no conscience. <laughs> All right, we're, we're we're completely opposite on this one, aren't Cause we? Because I said I said uh, for no conscience, what you're talking about is uh, I said better. I, I said it would have been better to be on Hot in the Shade, that album, than maybe some of the other stuff. That was just my opinion on that. Well, now that we actually get to hear a lot of it, there's a lot that would have been better to be hot on the shade, like that's, that's, from that's both true. from both Gene and Paul. So it's it's not just one of them. It's it's true. So all right, let's okay. move on cool. to Discgate, and we're back into kind of safer territory here, a little bit more standard yeah. rock and roll. 
Yeah, I like a lot of this one. Um, okay, uh, my first pick for disc eight is going to be the first song on the disc, uh, We Rocked All Night. I really like that song. And uh, what, <laughs> I think that's a newer, what's that, a newer one um, recording? I can't remember now. About I didn't take it. 2009-ish, written for Sonic Boom. Yeah, yeah, right. I think, yeah, that song would have, I would have rather had that on Sonic Boom than maybe one of other, one of other, uh, the other Gene songs on there. Uh, I'm trying to think which one. I'm an animal. Animal, maybe, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. anything would have been better than that. That would have been a good switch there. Um, The other one I'm writing down is S&M Love. Seriously, wow! I like that song a lot. Yeah, but which is which is a precursor, I guess, to "Sweet and Dirty Love" or or after that, or after "Sweet and Dirty." I don't know which version this is of "Sweet and Dirty" because he's done a, a number of them. Um, but yeah, that that's just another version of "Sweet and Dirty Love" that he gave a S and M title to, just to give it a different title than everything else. Yeah. Because that yeah, I liked it. That thing's on there what three times in a row, basically. You know. <laughs> S and M love, sweet and dirty love, and then Jelly Roll, which was the original seventy five, seventy six. Yeah, well, I like the uh, S and M love version or whatever the best of of those. So. All right, Fa- I just kind of like that song anyway, in general. Favorites for me, bad, bad, loving. Go figure. We've had this oh. one for decades. We've had this so long. It's actually you listen to it in black and white, but yeah, the, the quality is absolutely stunning compared to even the very best versions that I had. Um, plus, it has the intro section, which wasn't on any of the bootleg copies that I've ever heard. So it was like, oh wow, this is different, and then it was stunning. So it was, uh, you know, just very, very again. The whole purpose of the vault for me is to have the very best versions of these that I get to pay Gene for. And that one, I have always liked that song. And it's not like the one that's on the box set. It's the full one with the sax kind of. Uh, so oh, yeah. there's, there's three songs on here that have sax that were all recorded around the same time. So I guess you couldn't find Binky, Bob or Ace and used a saxophone player. Uh, second standout is Chrome Heart. And it's just badass. <laughs> I, I mean, if you think of how sonically dynamic unholy was when you first heard um revenge this is a very gritty and yeah it's lower form demo um but it really it's another one of those demos that begs the question why gene didn't have more quality material on a lot of kiss albums because for me this one was it could have used a little bit of work with paul stanley You yeah. know, to refine it and get that grit in the right places that Paul, I mean, he's just so good at taking a song and sculpting it, um, mm-hmm. whereas Gene is kind of the scatterer, you know, and sees what yes. stick. But he's got some good basic ideas in that. And while the chorus needs a bit of work, it's it's damn impressive enough for me to say I like it. And it's a, a favorite on that disc. Well, um, speaking of this song here, you, you picked Chrome Heart. I was kind of wonder. I was looking at that. I wondered if you know Gene said or Paul said, "Oh, Chrome Heart, you know, or Heart of Chrome, or something like that." And they both like went back and you know wrote their songs. And Paul's got on you know Revenge, and Gene's is you know didn't didn't make it. You know. So um, the other thing about Chrome Heart that you that I wrote down here actually. I wrote a nice riff, and I said it's kind of like a, a, a 
sounds to me a uh, Aerosmith type riff. Hmm. That's that's what I got from it. So next time you listen to that, see if you pick the, pick that up. And I, I'm just going in here for a second. This dates from about 1986, so mm, way so. way too heavy for Crazy Night. So I, I I get that it's it's got a co-writing credit with Bruce Kulick on it in the Vault okay. book, but it also includes the original handwritten lyrics, so which uh, which have it co-written with Howard Rice. So whoever it is, you know, it, it's uh, doesn't matter. Damn good song. Might ask yeah. uh, see if Bruce wants to talk about some of his contributions on the vault. All right, let's yeah. let's do your least favorite on disc eight. Um, <laughs> okay, my least favorite is uh, "Till the End of Time." That's my least favorite, and you probably can't even remember it because it's so I'm, forgettable. I'm, again, I'm still not totally just, ingested the stuff. It's just kind of yeah. It's 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 kind of. Um, I don't think there's even really li- real lyrics to it. He's kind of, you know, uh, testing the, the melody with kind of just sounds and things <laughs> that are coming out of his mouth. Um, it's just, it just doesn't do anything for me. It doesn't go anywhere. It's kind of, kind of blah, I guess you could say. But that's that one. I don't like it. <laughs> well. Doesn't work for me. Yep, that's all it's about. All right, my least favorite is we rocked it all night. Oh. <laughs> my my notes on this is it just tries way too hard. Uh, I get the sentiment he's going for. He's doing an autobiographical song. Electric yeah. Lady was our home. No, it wasn't. It was Paul's home. You weren't there. You were at like Magna Graphics or some cheap ass <laughs> studio. Um, Kiss only recorded Electric Lady. What uh? Dressed to Kill, Asylum. Love Gun? Was Love Gun Electric Lady or was it Record Plant? I thought it was. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, yeah well, I, I can't remember. It, anyway. It's not like they live. It's not like they lived there. Let's put it that way. No, they didn't live there. Paul would do demos there. Gene seldom did, though he eat. Alright. So Disc nine. Okay. So you said you didn't like we did we I didn't we rocked like, all night. I didn't like okay. the song you liked. I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. You know that's that's what it's all about. Everyone has their own tastes and likes. And the other thing I'd say is uh, on these songs, you know, this the favorite songs on each disc could change from day to day too, because that's just the way it is. You know. Yeah. I, the more I, you I, listen to something. Again, well, you know, not. I've only had the vault since January the 6th, and you haven't had it that long. Um, yeah. Know, so yeah. the rest of these albums and demos that we're intimately familiar with are so easy to talk about because it's just part of our DNA at this point. When you, right. when you dump 165 songs oh, a, on someone, yeah. um, especially that with such a broad, again, spectrum of quality and mm-hmm. style and genre, it's it's tough. To, it gives you indigestion, man. I mean, t- take some Zantac. Yeah, yeah. It's not ingrained in my in my brain yet, and then I gave it a break too. I gave it a little break uh, the last couple of weeks, so I'm kind of coming in cold again. Even though I had written it down, uh, what I liked at the time when I was listening to it, you know. You, you've got to have a break, and when when Judas Priest re- releases oh, yeah. an album, it's time to have a break. So there you go. <laughs> 
All right. So we're just nine, right? Yep. Okay. All right. So my favorites here are, it's going to be all right, number two. <laughs> which I like that song. Which one is that? It's the second song on the uh, disc nine. The first song is, well, on this night is going to be all right, I guess, number one. Oh, okay. okay. It's going to be all right, number two is the second one. And, that's uh, that's like the that. updated version, not the common one that circulated for years on the bootleg circuit that uh, was recorded with Bruce on guitar later on. He went back and I think he gave it a more rock feel than the kind of mellow um, original mm. version, so... Yeah, so that's my first one. Um, the second one is right next to it, actually, number three. Uh, everybody knows. Number. Oh, everybody knows number one. Because <laughs> there's a there's a number two right after it, but number one is the one I like uh, better of those two. Oh, and I found a typo. Good. So everybody knows number one, and that was the one originally released oh. on. The Sex Money Kiss yeah, okay. EP, but it's a slightly different arrangement on on the vault. It's a great song. Really, I do like it. Again, really good. So for me, this is a really tough disc. It, it, it might be up there as one of the best discs on the vault for me personally. Mm. So I'm going to go with the ones that blew me away on the first listen. And I actually had kittens when this disc played because <laughs> Dial L for Love we were led to believe mm. that the version of the song that was released on Eric Carr's posthumous album, Unfinished Business, was as good as it got, that they hadn't done anything better. And then this full multi-track, sonic, sonically glorious version. Again, Gene sings it, uh, but you hear a bit of Eric on backing vocals. Mm-hmm. And then you think of everything Eric Carr said about that song. Well, it wasn't finished. It's going to end up on someone's album. Um and you're like, what the hell? It is mm-hmm. a really, really, really good song. And I love it. And it's not just because I'm in a bit of a crazy nights mode doing, you know, the 30th anniversary book. It's a really good rock song from the middle of the 1980s. So that's a favorite. Yeah, it's, a, it's amazing how some songs just didn't make albums. I, I just can't believe it, you know. It, know. You know, it certainly needed a little bit of work. Oh sure. The the chorus of singing "Dial Out for Love" just doesn't work at the kind of uh, phrasing or you know, that they that it's sung, but it's uh, the rest of it's really good. So I guess Paul Paul liked the idea of let's put the X in sex better. She's uh, or you make me rock hard, yeah. Which yeah, that, that's a good tangent just to mention quickly. Did you look through the book and see that cassette tape of Jeans from 1979? Yeah, that has let's put the hex in oh, sex. Really? So oh, I think I might. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting, isn't it? So f- forget the uh, who was it? The electric uh, electric angels, Jonathan Daniels, uh, who f- had a demo of let's put the X in, se- in sex or something similar when Bruce was working with them. Gene apparently had an idea going way back. Way back. At, at least playing on the same the kind, of, kind of idea. Yeah, so, thanks. all right. So my second favorite song on this disc is "Are You Always This Hot?" It, the mythical twelfth track from Crazy Nights. Mm. It was recorded and apparently left off at the last moment. 
you totally get why it was left off. It clashes. And when you have uh, mm. No, 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 which is a kind of similar high-speed <laughs> rocker, um, you know, yeah. to- I totally get it why you wouldn't have two songs of the same type from Gene on there. But it is stunningly good. It pisses me off that we went through 2017 without a 30th anniversary edition of Crazy Nights in aqua blue vinyl with a K40 remaster and then a bonus disc with all of these fucking songs. And there's five Crazy Nights era or possibly six on the vault that could easily have gone on a bonus disc with all of Paul's demos and been a fucking fantastic. I call it a. insanus nocturnus alternate crazy nights in very very bad latin um it just would have been stunning but at least we get to hear them at least jeans because you're not able to hear paul's not allowed to talk about those so yeah yeah, secret it's pretty it's pretty weird (laughs) on a disc that is this strong with everything that's on there forever's on there everybody knows what you've mentioned i want to rule the world i went with the two from crazy nights there freaking go figure interesting when i bitch and moan about that album how it nearly made me not a kiss fan <laughs> that's funny all right your your least favorite oh yeah least favorite now on this um i think uh just like the movies oh was that the stephen bishop song i think it is is it i mean it's okay it's not horrible yeah it is stephen bishop because this this disc is not there's nothing that I mean just horrible but I I don't know I just couldn't get into it that one it was either going to be that or or damn I'm good I love just, that but because damn I'm good is but that then again I it's just really it's really it, groovy and then he's like yeah damn I'm good like the yeah. devil is me yeah well that's what it was i think it was too close to that uh, kind of and i thought well hey it's kind of been done before so that's why i kind of put it lower on my list all right so there you have it least favorite this is this is tough this is like picking your favorite <laughs> child i was gonna go with it's gonna be all right the, again the first uh song I was disappointed. Number one. Yeah. Yeah. I was disappointed that the sonic quality on that was not exquisite. And then I realized that, yeah, we collect bootlegs. And sometimes what we forget with those is that there are not pristine studio copies. Gene Simmons liked to record in a closet on a four track, sometimes on a two track. Um, the idea of a demo is that it's a demonstration copy. It's to not forget what you were doing to basically present maybe an idea as it becomes more fully formed but it wasn't better than what I already had, and I was bummed because I was really looking forward to Crystal Clear on that one. And it, there obviously is no way to get better than what is already out there or what is on the vault for that. So mm-hmm. I, I did actually go with that. I didn't. I, I wrote out some notes on this that I was going <laughs> to go with. I think there's someone something else on there that I okay. did less, but uh, I never got around to it. I was so busy bemoaning that maybe it's a uh, you're all that i want because it's so close to what was on the oh yeah the 2001 box set as good as it is and better than unmasked i, I yeah. think that was the one that i was I, I just felt was way too close to previously released so either of those two are okay. are, are good picks either either way i finally paid gene for it 
<laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, you really paid. Oh, yeah. Um, you paid. All right. So we disc, disc number 10, right? Number 10. Okay. Oof. Let's see what I got here. <laughs> All right. Disc 10. The first, my first pick um, is Take It Like a Man, number one. Ooh. Okay. I like that song. Um, number two starts off the disc, but I like the number one version better. Um, I can't really remember how it goes right now. Um, <laughs> is that the one where they do kind of the... Take it like a man. Is that the one where they do like a, a monkey's thing in it? No, I think it's a different song. Anyway, okay. I'm going off here. Sorry, you're the wrong Ken to be talking about the monkeys with. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know. Monkeys are good. They were good. All right. Um, all right. The other one is, uh, you know what? I wrote the wrong song. Take it like a man number. All right. I got I got my markings messed up here. Okay. No wonder I couldn't remember. Walk uh, walk it back and fix it. Back and going backwards. Scratch that song. Um, it's actually my favorite. One of my favorites is. Uh, <laughs> You'll probably laugh at this one. I ain't coming back. <laughs> no, I, I, I like it I wrote enough. down because it kind of got stuck in my head, I think, at that time. It was just one of those things that kept coming back to me. Um, and it's kind of goofy. It's just a goofy course. But uh, I, I don't know. I enjoyed it because it was kind of so different. It, it's pretty um, much built off the never, never going to leave you. It's I ain't coming back. Ooh. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Hey, yep. a little bit discoy, yeah. dancey. Yeah, yeah, a little bit, a little bit of dance music. Um, and the other one is uh, "Piece of the Rock." Yeah, the Fleischman track. <clears throat> That's the other one I, I wrote down that I liked. So those are the two. That was Not that other one I mentioned earlier. I was I was looking forward to hearing that, and then I did, and I was like, ah, okay. It's not as good as you know. I was hoping, but uh, again, you know, I don't even know. I I think about it now. I was like, I know I've liked some other songs maybe better than that, but uh, again, it changes from my mood and when I hear it. I think too. Yeah. So I I my notes are a little bit weird on this disc. I I start off saying that I like Take It Like a Man Number Two. Because it's got Gene absolutely mocking the other members' voices. He wanted, obviously, to have the other members of the band singing either a verse or a line, similar to how you wanted the best was done. So he he, he mimics Paul, and then he has Peter... Uh, you know, kind of gritty, oh, yeah. and then he's, right. he does. Ace, I like to have a drink sometime. Uh, right. for for his it's line. Kind of funny. Yeah. Um, so it's hilarious, but I go for the quirky tracks on this one. Granny takes a trip, which oh. is very similar to Weapons of Mass Destruction in kinds of in terms of its riffage. Um, so I again very heavy track. I I like it, and the other one, and Andy, thank you for pointing out some of the technical details i love sticky goo okay um as andy pointed out to me it's got a bo diddley beat uh, which is a strumming pattern Mm -hmm. and i just thought it was quirky again 
Yeah. If you go back into the bootlegs that we collect and some of the weird stuff that circulated, there's an Ace Frehley demo from, I think it's 1988, called Funk Rock, which is just him jamming pretty generic chords and stuff. But what he does with them is really fun. And Sticky Goo is that for me. It's, okay. again, Gene doing something. It, it It's a contrast. It's, it's totally different than anything else on the vault. Mm. You, you can't say... Sticky Goo has anything that it was derived from or gave birth to. The same thing. Yeah, Yeah. it's its own beast, which is what I love about Gene Simmons, that you can have Gene doing something with a Bo Diddley beat, which I didn't know it was, um, or you can have Gene doing a ballad, you can have Gene doing disco. That's what the vault is really represents to me. So many different facets of you have Fat Elvis, you have Leather Elvis. You have Bell Bottoms, Aloha Gold Hawaii. Yeah, Aloha Hawaii Elvis. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. All of it packed into <laughs> one album. So yeah. it's it's a it's a really fun actually it's a really fun disc. There's uh you, you get a crystal clear copy of Howling for Your Love, which obviously has been out for quite a few years. Mm-hmm. Um that's I think 77, 76, 77. Yeah, that's a good song. That that one's one of my favorites. You've got Raw of the Grease Paint, which would be too easy to pick <clears throat> the uh, precursor to Journey of a Thousand Years. That's another one. Yeah. So there, there, there's a lot of good stuff. There's a lot of good stuff on this one. Yeah. There's also a couple of stinkers. So what's yours? Well, that sticker was that one I almost said was the was the best. So actually, take it like a man. Number one. Okay. Is is meant was meant to uh, be the stinker, not the favorite. I, it was because I marked it wrong, and I was like, "Man, wait a minute, I didn't mark that right." Um. So yeah, number one, take it like a man. Oh, that's the original one. Just I just wrote it. It was just okay. Yeah, that's really. I mean, it doesn't mean it's horrible. Again, these ones are least favorites. It doesn't mean it's a horrible song. It just means it's my least favorite. Period. You know. Yeah. It was just okay. And and like I had picked on the previous one, I think it was, uh, you know, it's a very lo-fi recording. So obviously there is not better unless you yeah. go to the number two version, which comes later. So I, I'm, I'm very disappointed in what my pick for least favorite on this particular disc was. Okay. It was My Babe. And my Babe. Okay. Yeah, I wrote that, it was good, but that's about it. Yeah, no, my not great. my comments were two words, meh and weak. Okay. And everyone knows I love Eric Carr. And to have to give him the thumbs oh, down. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Here we go to the bonus disc. Which, Here we go. Uh, again, I don't know why you call it a bonus disc. It's just pretty much a continuation. All right. Your picks. Okay, see so if I pick them right this time. <laughs> Picking the wrong ones. Okay, uh, first pick is Just Begun to Fight. Just Begun to Fight is my first pick. Which is one of the demos that was recorded. This is circulated for years again. Um, recorded with members of the band Virgin, which Gene was producing around 1978 because a couple of the guys from the band ended up at the Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park shoots. Mm. So dates from around then. As much as I loved it when it surfaced, still love it now. Yep, it's a good one. Now, the second one is uh, 
which we want people to know. Uh, Lita is my other other one. Which was on the 2001 box set in better quality. Yeah. All right, so Lita. Uh, this yeah, one, Lita. This one disappoints me because it sounds like the transfer I did from the acetate. Um, <laughs> okay. So I just I, like the song. I yeah, I, I, I wonder but. if they did a digital rip of the acetate before they sold it at the auction uh, because it's got the same jumps in the same spots that the acetate that mm-hmm. I actually owned had. Interesting. Whereas the version on the 2001 box set sounded like it came from the reel um, because there was none of those um, kind of fingerprints all over it. So it's it's still yeah. a, it's still a beautiful piece. If you think of how early Gene wrote that in his career, absolutely mm-hmm. stunning piece of music. I mean, yeah, I could have easily picked. Uh, you know, there was a couple other ones that like uh, you know Eskimo Sun, of course, and. Michael's a raft. I mean, I like those a lot too. So those are all the close. Any of them could have been picked. Yeah, I, I'm guilty of. After my uncle is a raft, first thing I did was pick up my guitar. I'm like sitting there, going, oh, okay, oh, all right. Uh-huh. Sure. I get where you're, <laughs> you're coming from with that. So <laughs> my favorites on this, there, I, I'm, I guess people are gonna mock me for a little bit. Uh-huh. Mina San, Mina San. You know Hakshu, what? Hakshu. I love that. I like that. I love the sentiment. It's much, much better than Samurai Sun in terms I, of how it honors the Japanese fans I and agree. represents um, what the band means to them rather than what the fans mean to the band. You know, Samurai Sun is. It, it's okay as a song. It, it, you know, it, it's not dreadful. I'd. You know, so, I, I certainly know which version I, I I would prefer to watch. I'd rather watch the girls do it than the, the Kiss version. Yeah. So what's the story with this? I mean, obviously Paul wrote one and Gene wrote one, and it was going to be like we're going to pick one of these to use with the who picked. That's my question. Who picked the song? You know. Yeah, that that, that would be a really good interview question for, this- for Gene. I mean. Who who chose it was the the Japanese producer who was working with the girls. Could have been the, yeah, it could have been Japanese producer, uh, or could it have been Paul? Paul, <laughs> that would be the only other person that would have you know. No, I, I like my song better than yours, Gene. Sorry, um, that could have been it too. But yeah, it could, though it could have been like you said, the producer maybe the the background vocals. To fit better with Paul's song versus Gene's, I don't know. That's a possibility. Maybe the girls like you know. Here, here we go. This week is going to be the well, new. This weekend is going to be the New York um, Gene Simmons Vault on Saturday and oh, yeah, Sunday. Oh yeah, that should be so interesting. If you are going to it, the songs and stories section, shout out a question to Gene. He will answer questions. It, it's not yeah. all scripted bullshit. You know, it really. Yes, if people, this. if if people ask. You know, yeah, Keith's sitting up there with questions because he's prepared. He's Keith. He's ready in case no one chimes in. We had people chiming in in L.A. asking questions. We've heard people ask questions at the other ones. Someone asked him, how did Mina-san not get picked over Samurai Sun? I mean, how did that work? And see what Gene's take is on that. And if uh, Paul Stanley happens to show up on Sunday, ask Paul. That's true, too. (laughs) And as you're escorted out the building... um, Blame the Kiss FAQ podcast and ask him to record a bumper, you know. There you go. (laughs) So, so I like that one, and I and I surprised myself going 
going through this disc again it starts off with feel like heaven and after doing mm -hmm. the odyssey book i was really 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 hoping that it would be something um studio quality like the version that they'd recorded at Asus Studio and then finished off at Penny Lane Records right before Bob Ezrin became involved in the project as it transformed mm. into The Elder. It's not. It's a, a slightly less steamy, flappy version of uh, the demo, so it's not the X-rated one that many people have had to suffer through. Yeah. So I, I was disappointed in that, but... The rest of it, it's a lot of Gene's 1970 publishing reel on this disc. And and that's where my second favorite song comes from, Eskimo Sun. Yeah. Absolutely stunning. And this was one of the ones I, I think I mentioned to Ken Sharp when we were in uh, L.A. I was most looking forward to hearing. Because it's kind of like mythical, it's legendary. We've heard the stories. Right. We, we've read Gold Mine in the 90s when Ken was interviewing Gene and starting to get some of the information out of Gene about his recording history. Mm -hmm. And we knew that the chords from it, the melody, became only you. Now with the vault, we know all these different songs that Gene did his Gene stuff with and reinterpreted it. But Eskimo Sun is a very young Gene. And, oh, yeah. You know, I, I've questioned is is that actually off the demo, or is that it sounds like almost like a live band in some ways, uh, hmm. but I've been told I'm I'll hearing. Listen to it again. Yeah, people, you know, a couple of people, people I've mentioned that to have said I'm hearing things. Um, yeah, but yeah. I, I I would love to know more about that. So for for right now, in this I've got it pegged on a the 1970 demo, which if I do just check quickly, Eskimo Sun. On the demo it was 355 in length, and on the vault it's three. The vault actually has wrong timings on all of the songs, and that I have correct. It's actually three, <laughs> yeah, three minutes and eight seconds on okay. the vault. So a vast difference in t in duration, which I guess doesn't mean a whole lot. So I'm I'm very mm -hmm. interested to find out more about where some of these these uh, songs came from source wise. Yeah, well, me too. I'd like to know if some of them are just uh, unknowns, like, well, when was that recorded? Or, you know. Yeah, and, and um, that's one of my big criticisms. Nice. You know, for someone who, who, who didn't do drugs or drink or smoke <laughs> and can yeah. remember everything, we've got very few da actual dates. I've been able to fill in Did some you? of the details yeah. from what I know. Now, that doesn't mean that Gene didn't record something like eight years earlier uh, on a kazoo. Denny, I mean, to think you'd write down the date of the demo that you recorded. He did. Know. He did on some because on, I've, I've all got, of them. You would think you would, but well, I've got some notes in here. I guess he did. Uh, you know, where is it? Man of a thousand faces. Here yes. we go. You can just see. I've actually got the lyrics, and he said in the in the vault book. Um, well, I, I don't want to say anything about the vault book because okay. unless, unless you buy <laughs> right. it, you, then you can read it. But that was okay. written in October 1974, which you go back and then look at the touring history and go, holy shit, they were actually in Evansville performing on, um, I think it's September the 30th. So it totally fits. They were actually supposed to be performing the day before, but it was postponed because of a car crash with Billy Preston's um, equipment coming to Evansville. Oh. So. It, it totally marries up with the date, in other words, that's listed on the lyrics um, okay. in the vault. 
and then you have a, a sheet with Evansville Hilton. Mm. So shit like that. So that's okay. what I love. And I would love to know more details. If Gene's got notes, then yeah. fax them to me. I still have a fax line, Gene. There you I, know, go. I know you like to fax. <laughs> All right, right. Let's do our least favorite Cease song this one. <laughs> that's what it would be. <laughs> Mr. Gill, I have a problem. Yeah. What's the problem, Gene? You. Uh, you're on his good list. Gosh, you gave him that nice book. Um, at the vault experience. Uh, okay. Uh, so my least favorite, I think it's Love by Invitation. Love by Invitation. Disco. Yeah. Freaking drivel. It just kind of goes nowhere. That's the of. that's the other one that's got the sax in it, so it's recorded around the same time as okay. uh, Forever and Bad Bad Lovin'. But it is yeah, that, crap compared to those two. It doesn't really go anywhere, so that's it. It also doesn't really make sense, does it? Love by no. invitation. Yeah, I don't know where he's going. <laughs> he's he's he, going for him, He's passing a note to a girl in the crowd. Hey, baby, come backstage. Love by invitation. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't even want to try and get inside the really mind work. of the Simmons. <laughs> All right, my least favorite on this one is Gypsy Nights. As much as I want to hmm. like it, I can't. Um, it apparently dates from around the same time as Feel Like Heaven. But it's just... Compared to everything else on there... My Lorraine, Lita, Put On Your Slippers, mm-hmm. Nancy. Nancy is really cool. Um, oh, Eskimo. Yeah. It's it's just, again, for me, it's the weakest song on that disc. Which, I wrote uh, that one down, too, as another possibility of, you know, yeah, that was the other one that I would have written down as a least favorite. So, yeah. All right. So I agree with you on that one. That that pretty much is the rest of the vault on Ken and my, you know, favorites and least favorites. What do you think is going to happen this weekend when uh, Peter Chris attends the vault on the tw- on Saturday? For how long? Uh, yeah. Uh, but he's just visiting to say hi. Yeah. What do you think of that? Let's we'll see what. It's... I think. Well, what do I think is going to happen? Mm-hmm. Boy, that's, that's a hard one with Peter. But uh, I'm thinking he'll get in the... Maybe he will do a quick performance, maybe with Gene. Maybe they'll do, uh, you know, a Hard Luck Woman or a Beth. I can see one of those two songs. Nothing to lose? I mean, that'd be great. Um, yeah. It'd be nice if they could do that, but uh, I don't see that one happening. I'd be surprised if they do that. They, they certainly can't do anything that's on the vault because Peter's apparently not on it. So, um, have you found it interesting? Because I've been fascinated this week that Paul Stanley's been posting for in the, the area. He's in New York. So, <laughs> yeah, do, do I get the feeling that the people on Sunday might not be too upset that they're not there on Saturday? He might show up. Uh, one of the days. Do you, um, do you think maybe he said, Gene, you're not allowed to announce me as a special guest. I will or I won't. Probably something like that. 
<laughs> Probably something like that. So if if you're uh, if yeah. you're a gambler and you want to roll well, some dice, uh, I'm sure there's still some spots available. Well, maybe uh, Paul hasn't uh, received a vault from Gene yet, but he has to show up at the experience to get one first. Uh, well, well, he's actually on the vault at least, so he is. So maybe he, I, maybe he wants his copy. You know, if it has his his stuff on there, some of his, uh, you know, playing or whatever. I think the so. only time he's actually explicitly mentioned is again during the. Uh, you're all that I want, how, how Gene liked to say. He, he says it a lot in, in the entries in the vault book. Oh, sometimes I was on the road and I wanted to record a demo, but the other guys in the band weren't, you know, around or weren't, whatever, weren't yeah. around. So I went and I played the drums, I played the bass, I, you know, and, which I, I really doubt, to be honest. But I, I think he simply couldn't remember some of the session cats who... Some of them, yeah. I mean, we know some of the names of people who did sessions with him in the 70s. Um, whether that stuff's on the vault or not, I mean, there's at least five names. But Paul only apparently ever did the one with him, if you go by what Gene writes. Maybe Paul remembers otherwise, and, you know, he he wants the extra 24 cents in uh, royalties that he'll get it's, from... It's my uh, life. Yeah, yeah it, <laughs> it's it's my life is one of the interesting ones, so... But there we go. That's... Uh, we're going to do one more episode on the vault, and hopefully we'll have a guest on from one of our uh, our fellow podcasts, uh, who was also at the LA Expo, to pick our best of the vault. We're, we're going to make a CD of 15 Ooh. tracks from the vault, and uh, we're all going to go through our list there. So it'll be another opportunity after some further listens to correct our you know it's not just going to be what our favorites are it's what works as a greatest hits package if we were to give it to our fellow fans uh from gene's vault well we're not giving our fans anything if gene were to um decide to do a digital download best of the vault like best of rare cult they did with their box they uh Mm. picked a whole bunch of tracks put on a couple of alternative versions and uh had a pretty decent standalone album so for people who couldn't afford it. I think it was like 200 bucks, the Rare yeah. Cult box. It was worth every cent, but... Um, sure. We'll, we'll get around to doing that one in a few episodes, uh, as we don't want to bludgeon people, especially when we'll probably do another episode about the New York Vault experience next week with some folks oh, who yeah. are going to be attending that, so... Any any final thoughts before we sign off? Because I don't have anything further to say other than if you've enjoyed what we've said about the vault, do visit GeneSimmonsVault.com and make sure you get your copy. He's moving dates around. He's adding dates. He's mm-hmm. canceling dates. Sorry, people in Frankfurt. Um, I'm sure he'll be back. So uh, hopefully you'll get to enjoy your experience. And in the meantime, enjoy your vaults, those of you who did get them. So I guess for now, Ken... From Ken and myself, thank you for listening, and we will see you next time on the Kiss FAQ Podcast. Take care. Thank you for spending time listening to the Kiss FAQ Podcast today. All sales are final. There are no refunds. If you'd like, look us up on Facebook or come over to the Kiss FAQ message board and discuss the topic we've broadcast today. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes, Spreaker, or wherever you've listened to the show. We hope you'll join us again.